Would you like to think about your benefits package beyond just insurance and vacation time? Consider what is attracting some of the best talent to ministries today. Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Vonna Lau from ECFA with another round of the Excellence in Ministry podcast. I'm privileged to be here with Monty Kelso. Monty is the president of Slingshot Group, which is a large coaching and search firm that works with churches and ministries. Prior to that, Monty was on staff at a church in California for about 18 years. We invited Monty here to visit with us about the topic of benefits. We realized this is an important piece of the compensation puzzle, and in our conversations, we decided that it might be helpful to look at this topic from a more philosophical standpoint, rather than maybe just the nuts and bolts which can be handled by your benefits broker. The voice that Monty brings is that of working with numerous organizations that are putting together compensation and benefits packages and seeing what candidates are requesting or requiring. So, Monty, maybe start us off by discussing a little bit of what you're seeing in benefit offerings that are attracting candidates to ministry positions. Sure thing. Thank you for inviting me on, Vana. It's an honor to be with you all. I appreciate what you do uh, as an organization to, to help uh, them be better at providing benefits and compliance for talent that sometimes is not specializing in that. And we see that all the time, and we're certainly benefiting from our relationship with you all. So it's great to know you. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of variables uh, to consider when attracting the best possible talent and not just attracting them, but, but retaining them. Um, with the information age that we're in, people have access to information beyond what we could imagine and people do their homework and they have a pretty savvy awareness as to what the trends are in uh, compensation and benefits. So I think it's a little different landscape than it used to be. So those of us who help facilitate staffing and uh, HR compliance, we've got to stay on our game. So uh, some of the things that, you know, as I surveyed my team, uh, as they are out and about serving organizations that are recruiting, and uh, for us, success is not just recruiting, but seeing those organizations retain that talent. Um, so the benefit package is a big part of that. And some of the things that we're seeing, uh, to no surprise to you, uh, can continue to, uh, I think, evolve in some ways. But moving expenses, uh, helping uh, allow a certain dollar amount to incentivize the move is always a benefit over and above the, the basics. Uh, obvi- obviously, the strong... A benefit package in, in involving their uh, health insurance and retirement plan is certainly uh, common. The the matching of a 403b is certainly becoming more and more common, and even to the point that that's negotiable. Oftentimes, a organization will say after your season, two to three years, we'll kick in a matching 403b. Well. It's not uncommon to negotiate that to an immediate match right out of the chute. 
Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's one of those uh, benefits that has existed for a while that you're giving a little different take on it even. Yeah, timing, I think, is it does matter. Uh, the highest level talent tend to want to move forward anytime there's a transition and not have to go backwards, not just in their roles and responsibility, but in their compensation package. So I think that's a part of that. Another one that is becoming more and more common, uh, especially for younger talent, is to uh, provide, either provide continuing education and pay for that, or um, help with their student loans, uh, where perhaps the, the organization will take it upon themselves to pay off a certain percentage of that loan or, um, you know, however that's negotiated to the benefit of the, the talent. Um, there's things like childcare vouchers, daycare and preschool assistance, especially for churches that have preschools. That can be a huge, huge benefit to provide a discount for that education or complete coverage of that education. Another one would be um, addressing the health of the individual, uh, physical and mental, uh, providing uh, everything from uh gym memberships to counseling, uh, be it mental health counseling, premarital or marriage counseling, premarital counseling. That's a big one. So those are some of the, the random benefits that are on the table, I think now more than ever, that we need to be aware of and get creative with. Well, and I would just encourage, um, as people are listening to this podcast, um, the CPA side of me uh, is less creative than some of the HR side of me. And it, and it is funny. I have a master's sure. in leadership and HR. So I do have kind of both aspects of that. But I would just encourage listeners as they can consider what benefits they might provide to make sure that they understand what's taxable versus non-taxable uh, and that they plan accordingly, not that they withhold yeah. any taxable benefits by any means, but you know, even just in the most recent tax reform, moving expenses used to be uh, that those were non-taxable if they were reimbursed, and now that's a taxable event. So it may be that in addition to giving the benefit, mm -hmm. that we need to give them a little additional compensation to make up for the tax mm -hmm. burden that it could create for them. But are there some, I, I think you refer to them as soft incentives. Are there some maybe more unusual things that you're seeing once in a while? Yeah, and I, I think we've been kind of the front end of this in helping churches and nonprofits and organizations that want to stay in a relative uh, pay grade where we don't step outside of those pay grades and those compensation plans uh, to, to kind of mess up the equilibrium of them. So there's ways without having to bump the salary itself out of bounds to to lure talent and, and help them see that, hey, this organization really wants to take care of me, and they care about me, they care about my family. So some of these soft incentives are not necessarily hard dollars that have to be invested in the staff. Uh, for example, airline tickets, uh, because so many people are moving across country now, and young families oftentimes um, have never moved away from home before. And the idea of living 2,000 miles from their family 
as they're beginning to have children can can be a deal breaker in some cases. We've had several different situations with young families where the church has been able to provide airline tickets, basically cashing in on miles from people that have more miles than they know what to do with, but passing those on. And that doesn't have to be ongoing, but perhaps the first year or two where uh, they're guaranteed for uh, airline tickets and they can be used by whoever needs to use them. Those are soft incentives that aren't hard dollars that go a long, long way when it comes to recruiting. If you live in a, a city where you have uh, uh, entertainment, for example, you know, ball games or amusement parks where there are, are season passes, uh, if there's a way to uh, acquire some of those passes and pass those along as a perk, Again, it's not necessarily hard money to, to the organization, but it goes a long, long way in that sense of, of luring people into a situation that perhaps they're hesitant, not because of the opportunity or the job or just, just the fear of leaving the security of home. So those things can help. Um, things like building in a solitude day one time a month where they're given a free pass to not come into the office with the understanding that they're going to just invest in themselves. Solitary day. Um, especially with churches and nonprofits, the sabbatical policy is certainly one that's very attractive. It's, it's remarkable how many do not have a sabbatical policy, and it's just kind of make it up as you go. So the more that can be dialed in, I think that, again, is, is very attractive to high-level leaders. And then also additional vacation time. Again, that's a soft incentive, not a hard cost. Here's the thing. The best leaders get the job done. And um, I I would even say things like flexible schedules uh, can be a tremendously attractive uh, incentive to attract great talent. They don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to have to necessarily, quote unquote, uh, punch the clock. But high-level talent uh, are going to deliver the goods without the, the the structures that sometimes feel like they're micromanaged or constrained. So those are a few of the soft incentives that come to mind. You know, I used to laugh, Monty, that you start in an organization and you have, you know, we'll say two weeks of vacation time. And the longer you work, the more the more time you accumulate. But it seems in so many organizations that the longer you're there, the less likely it is that you take it. I said, I've joked with people that it ought to be reversed. You start with five weeks and you lose a week every five years that you're there because it becomes more (laughs) realistic. But I think the organizations and, and what you're even saying is the organizations that see the value in having refreshed employees, having um, Mm -hmm. staff and leadership that are taking time for, you know, solitude, um, taking sabbaticals that are meaningful, using their vacation time, uh, and even the flexible schedules. When we are investing in our employees like that, the return to the ministry is significant. Absolutely. And I, I, I think... You know, I, I'm not bent towards um, absolutes and clarity and, I, you know, I used to kind of smirk at the word compliance uh, or even clarity because I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which is loves to go down the middle lane and everything's optimistic. And But I've learned that without 
clarity of expectation, of uh, things like compensation, um, there there is potential for um, for an erosion of focus or trust or um, a streamlined path. Uh, I've just seen it happen so many times in the staffing world where the lack of clarity, the lack of precision when it comes to creating structures and clear expectations and clear deliverables from the employer, the lack of that can surprise us. It, I mean, as an employer, it can kick back uh, in our face in a way that we lose the people unexpectedly that we value the most. If we really want to recruit and retain great people, find absolute clarity over those things. And it's why we need HR people. We need left brain people to, to dig in and, and really care about the nitty gritty of, of the mechanics that makes our work joyful. And we talk a lot about that at Slingshot Group. You know, we help people love their work. And one of the ways we do that is to do the, the diligence that we need to do on the front end, but, but also, you know, really leading the, the organizations we serve in a way that they will dig in hard and uh, find those, those things like compliances as your friend. And ultimately, it's going to benefit the organization and the employees. Well, and it seems like benefits is really the same thing. Um, because people have access to so much information now, benefits can be mm-hmm. a positive that endears a, a staff person to the organization, or I would venture to say it also can be a detriment that steers them away from an organization if they feel like that's an area that's neglected or that they're not being treated justly or, or fairly in. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think what we have to realize, too, and for those who are listening right now, that top-level talent have options. And it's certainly all about the calling and the fit and the culture and those things that that they're going to find great satisfaction in their work and feel like they're making a great contribution. But along with that, that that underlying uh, thing that we just talked about, where if if there is um, a generous benefit compensation package that's explained very clearly, that organization is going to have the unfair advantage in recruiting the best talent. Well, and we want the best talent. You know, you've you've talked about senior leaders, but there, I think, is some trickle down effect. We want the best talent in every position in the organization. And if we can structure a benefits package in a way that it gives yeah. us a competitive advantage to be able to do oh, that, absolutely. that's yeah. that's really important. Where are you seeing organizations? Go ahead. I, I would encourage, um, you know, to that point, Vana, that the young the younger talent, the millennials, it's surprising how little they have been coached or educated in the area of long-term planning or financial planning. Um, one of, I think one of the best things that we can do as leaders in, in our organizations is to dig in deep with some of the younger ones, to understand how beneficial it will be if they take uh, responsibility for their financial planning now. And um, I come to think of it, what another benefit to offer is free financial coaching, uh, where where we 
would set them up within the first 90 days with a financial planner, along with the tax advisor, to help them set themselves up for a long-range win. Can you imagine if we did that with every, every millennial on our staff 20, 30, 40 years from now, how they're going to look back and remember that organization cared so much for me that they took it upon themselves to set me up uh, to make good financial decisions in my 20s. It's, it's a game changer in the outcome, right? Absolutely. I think there are a number of older employees that would that would look at that and wish that someone had done that for them decades ago. Well, it's one of the biggest issues in, in the succession transition. Uh, I'm not going to call it a crisis, but it is a tidal wave that's hitting a lot of organizations. And it's too bad if financial insecurity becomes the primary factor for um, an unsuccessful transition. Where are you? Where are you seeing organizations really spending their money? Are they spending their money and benefits on the things that we think of as traditional? Still, you know, medical, dental, vision, um, insurance. Oh yeah, yeah. And as, as those costs are just going up exponentially, um, yeah, certainly that's that's where the needles moving into the red for a lot of people. And as a result, they're having to compromise um, some of the more, more robust uh, health insurance um, issues. But I, I will say, as churches and nonprofits and companies plan for the future, they have to take the lid off of the benefit compensation percentage of their budget and realize it's just going to cost more. Now, if, if that means you're hiring less people, at a full-time with benefits situation, maybe higher caliber or higher talent, uh, and then more part-time people to compensate for it, well, that's a way to, 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 to keep a handle on those benefit costs. But there's a cost to that, too. There's a downside to that, too. But, yeah, I think health insurance is just huge. And then the 403, 403B, 401K matching uh, is, is still tremendously uh, beneficial for the employee and, and very costly for the employee employer. But think about this. When, if you're willing to invest in a healthy compensation uh, package and you're not afraid to take care of your people and you're able as a result to retain your talent, you're saving money most likely in the long run because the cost of turnover can be so expensive. Uh, so if we can shore up the revolving door by recruiting the right people the first time and then retaining them, I think in the long run, even if we're generous with our comp packages uh, and incentives, we still win. Well, and I think it's it's also a stewardship principle. I mean, we're talking to Christian ministries, and mm -hmm. I believe that when we talk about stewardship, oftentimes people think about finances, and that's where they kind of draw the line. But to understand the stewardship responsibility that we have with the people that God's placed in our organization, and that this whole mm -hmm. category mm -hmm. is is part of that. It's part of good stewardship. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely true. And I think sometimes we have to pull the frame back uh, broader than just a year-to-year, year-over-year 
perspective, I think we have to look through a five-year lens to, to really evaluate, are we being good stewards of our resources, including the people? Absolutely. Well, before we wrap this up, Monty, I want to give you one one opportunity, anything that I haven't asked or that you want to make sure and get thrown in there before we finish. Um, well, this is what I would say, uh, and this is really the soft side of the conversation, and it's very m- more so about the heart than it is about you know what we know or think. Um, when it comes to recruiting and retaining great talent, um, superseding all benefit packages, compensation, uh, salaries, um, is who are we as leaders? Um, how do we behave as leaders in valuing people first and foremost, putting people first, where people really do feel, they don't just hear it or read about it, but they feel it, that they are valued and loved greatly. And that our primary concern is not the bottom line of finances or compliance, but our primary concern is the well-being of those people that God's entrusted into our organizations. Um, you know, where we amplify mentoring and over management. I mean, management matters, but mentoring is, is even a higher value. Uh, Top-level talent uh, doesn't, doesn't want to be micromanaged because they have a self-awareness that they can, they can manage themselves well. But when it comes to mentoring, they want that. And so um, my, my final word would be to say just put people first. Love them in a way that, that honors God and honors people, and your organization will have a huge advantage to fulfill your mission. Well, Monty, thank you for giving us a different perspective. I think this, to me, was not just informational. It was really kind of forward-looking, forward-thinking, and hopefully challenged the listeners to really consider benefits and how that impacts just the overall workplace environment and the staff that carry out the mission and vision of each of our organizations. So since we are now in the last quarter of the year, uh, listeners are probably looking at compensation and benefits. So we hope that this podcast has been helpful and we encourage you to look at more details in the 10 Essentials of Fringe Benefits for Ministries ebook that is available on the new ECFA website at ecfa.org. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you and look forward to being with you soon on another episode of the Excellence in Ministry podcast.